Amen. Uh, I greet all of you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we bow our heads, we've got prayer requests here uh, from Sister from the Kunis. Their son is not feeling well. Uh, Sister Mbanyana is not feeling well. And the Chetis. And then Brother Burera, they've gone home. The aunt passed away. So they needed traveling message. They traveled with Brother Arnold and his wife. Let's bow our heads. Gracious Heavenly Father, we are very much thankful this evening that we've got a God that we can come to and report all the matters to. My prophecy is the greatest gift that you have ever granted to humanity was a committal uh, life, to be able to commit matters to God. And here is Brother Borero. He has traveled back to Zimbabwe. He needed the traveling mercy. Dear God, may you undertake for them. May the pillar of fire go before them and all the arrangements that had to be made. I know you will oversee everything until they are back home safely, dear God. The Kune family, the son is not feeling well. We still believe in the divine power. I know you will touch the little boy and make him completely well in the name of Jesus Christ. Dear God, Stampanian is not feeling well. You know about it, dear God. We put it under the blood as well. And Lord, for everybody, even the churches, we just want to commit everybody to you for the glory of God. We know sometimes we create conditions so that they should be a testimony. Lord, if there is no crime, we would never know a great policeman. But dear God, whenever there is sickness, we know a good doctor. And whenever there is a sickness, we know a divine healer. And you are that divine healer. We want to commit everything to you. Sister Moyo has traveled to Zimbabwe. We are praying for the traveling mercy as well. Until such time she returns back home as well. We commit everyone to you, dear God. Even Brother Mtimuni just had a slight accident, dear God. We are glad that we are able to preserve him, dear God. You are the God that is always there at all times. And that is why we want to thank you and never take your mercy and grace for granted. We commit everything to you. Here are the believers tonight. They have come here because they believe it is a duty for Christians to meet in this manner. And Lord, if they are not here, then there is no church. They are here. I know you will speak to them as I commit them to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you richly. Uh, Brother Mtimunye just got involved slightly in an accident. It was in measure. We thank God for his mercy. Uh, he's our drama. Amen. Now, let us turn to the book of Ephesians. The chapter will be chapter 6. The verse will be verse 12. Not 
see this new graphics. Amen. Okay. <laughs> so it's good to to stick with time tested material. Amen. How many believe the slingshot destroyed the bear, destroyed the lion? And because it was tested, it could destroy Goliath. Amen. Amen. Uh, let's just read it together. Uh, after me, for we wrestle not against the flesh and blood. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Amen. How many have ever watched wrestling? Those that are faint-hearted when they see wrestling, they say, no, it is not real. Amen. But it is real. Uh, so when once you enter the race and become a Christian, you wrestle. Amen. So when you wrestle, the enemy can come and tackle you and drop you on the ground and put his knee on your throat. And that means if either you do that to the enemy or the enemy does that to you. Amen. We are, we are in the spiritual wrestling match. Amen. And you cannot wrestle unless you are fit. Uh, you've got to be fit. That's why they develop the muscles. Uh, hallelujah. Um, I've already preached the sermon. <laughs> because if you don't wrestle, if you don't, if you're not spiritually fit, but you are tempted to wrestle, you, you're exposing yourself to danger. Amen. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities. Against the powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. They are rulers that we are fighting against, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We are in a war zone, folks. Amen. Maybe let me allow you to sit down while I remain standing. Amen. Now, I just want to take a few minutes and speak to you about the spirit world. Amen. The spirit world. So, there is a world that you see and there is the world that you do not see. Amen. But we want to speak about, I've realized it's becoming unpopular to speak about the demons. Uh, but you cannot, there is no hate without faith. Amen. For the mere fact that there is a hate, there must be a taste. For the mere fact that there is an angel, there must be a demon. Amen. Amen. Uh, and uh, 
modern Christians they don't want to hear anything about the demons. Uh, they think it's a, it's not progressive thinking to speak about a demon. Amen. But I want you to say you've got to speak about a demon and know what is a demon. Brother Branham says a demon is actually a fallen angel. A fallen angel becomes a demon. And when he becomes a demon, he becomes a tormentor. Amen. And demons have got ranks. There are those that attack the soul. There are those that attack the spirit. There are those that attack the body. Cancer attacks the body. Depression attacks the spirit. Adultery attacks the soul. Did you see those realms? Amen. So we, we've got to speak about that. So every human being is influenced by spirits from, different, from a different world. Even those that don't believe in spiritual beings are nevertheless under their control. So that means even somebody that can say there is no demon what makes him say that it may be a very demon that say that? Hallelujah. Uh, so, but uh, I'm glad that uh, believers uh, are influenced by another world. Uh, normally, uh, Satan, we mention him by the way, but he is not our focus. Are uh, we together? Uh, hell, we mention it just to show you that there is hell, but it is not our focus. Amen. Because if, if we are going to Pretoria, I must tell you about where? Pretoria. But uh, I can mention that uh, there is no spirit. But I cannot, while going to Pretoria, concentrate on no spirit. You get where I'm going, folks. So I'm saying we are going to heaven. Heaven is where we concentrate. But in the same vein, we remind you there is a hell. Uh, when in the early stages, before we understood a principle of predestination, we used to think that you can actually uh, just make somebody to be shocked and force them to go to heaven. But later we realize that you don't go to heaven by being shocked. You go to heaven because you have been to heaven. Hallelujah. Uh, and over time, uh, ministers, we have used the different tools to get the people into the kingdom. Some, we told them that if you die, you can go to hell. Uh, but later we realize people are not even afraid of death anymore because some of them are into extreme sport. They've made a decision that the sport that I participate in can result in my death. So if you come and say if you die and you want to use death to scare them, it does not move them. But uh, the moment we discover that actually people can serve God because they love God, not because they fear hell, I think we began to get a remedy of some sort. Uh, because if, if we shock you and say you need to serve God because you're going to end up in hell, 
there are times when shock subsides, fear subsides. And when it subsides, you may be back to your old tricks. But if you do it because you love God, uh, and Paul says, what can separate us from the love of God? Once you love God, nothing can separate you from the love of God. Tonight, there are angels in the building, and we welcome the angels. Amen. I can address that host and say, angels, you are welcome. Amen. To, to somebody that does not believe in the supernatural, he thinks that guy is losing his mind. Hallelujah. But I know what I'm talking about. I say to the angels that, you know, heaven, heaven we are saving a kingdom. And whenever there is a kingdom where people are going to gather, uh, those that know uh, in safety, you've got to make sure that there is emergency uh, services that is there. The police are there so that because the people are gathered in case somebody faints, then there is an ambulance to ferry them to the hospital. That, that is how the natural kingdom government works. And I believe the supernatural government works in that manner. When God's people gather like this, the heaven sends a specific spiritual contingency that you go and mend that service. Uh, because if we gather like this and heaven is not here, we're going to be ambushed by Satan. Amen. Hallelujah. And when God's people gather like this, even hell says they are now gathering. It is midweek. We need to go down there. But I'm glad that because we have taken sides with Michael, even tonight we are taking sides with Jesus and the angels are encamped around those who fear his name. Yes. Uh, are you here, people? Uh, sometimes when you get discouraged, it may be it's a demon wrapping off you. But uh, one time, then there is an encouragement. It's an angel rubbing off you. Hallelujah. Uh, if, if you get discouraged when you are leaning this way, and you get encouraged while you are leaning this way, lean towards where you want to be encouraged. Hallelujah. Uh, Brother Brandon, how many meetings he says, the angel of the Lord is not five feet from where I'm standing. And he made a promise that wherever the believers are, that angel shall be there. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, bring my diagram, my brothers, so that we, we carry on. Amen. <clears throat> I will read later on. Brother Brenham says, when you speak to, he says, right here in this realm, tonight that is where we are. As we shake hands, as we sang, as we interact, as we see who's here, who's not here, all these things are taking place in this realm. The people that are not believers, they think what you see is the beginning and the end of it. But the believers know that the things that are, are made of things that are not Hallelujah. Things that are visible are made of things that are not visible. Are we together? So when we are here, we interact around this realm. Uh, we get together around this realm. But let's hear what the prophet of God says. He says in this message, perfecting his church. He says, now notice, like this street here, 
where mortals live. This is the street that is referring to. Mortals are influenced from an outside world. So that means we are here, but we are influenced from outside this realm. Are you still with me? I should understand by the grace of God, I deal with spirits and I should know what I'm speaking of. I look along through this dark mass of gaiety. Every once in a while, you'll see little lights burning. He says right here, uh, remember now the world, it is uh, in darkness. There is a conglomeration of darkness. But he says from time to time, when you gaze here, there are some little lights. And in another message, says those little lights are Christians. That's why we say, brighten the corner where you are. Amen. Then it says, there you are, a light, a burning. That's Christians in the darkness giving light. So there's gross darkness here, but Christians are here giving light. Now look at this. The sinner is influenced by a spirit because he has a spirit. So, and, and that is why no one is neutral. No one is neutral. You are influenced by a spirit because you are a spirit. Are you with me? He says, and the wrong gives influence and the right gives influence. And those who are dominated with blackness and separation are dominated from the underworld of devils. We're going to break into that. Are we together? Uh, but don't be scared because one thing, uh, already even jog- okay, even if you look at what is happening here, if we are here, and this is under, and this is above. Already the devil is under our feet. Uh, I'm not going to glorify Satan. He, he's, he's already, uh, positionally speaking, he's already under my feet. So when I, when I highlight whatever is happening there, it is not to scare you. We are not afraid of Satan. Uh, are we together? He says, like, look, the first thing, when you are going out of this line now, he's referring to this line. Here is where mortal lives. That is where it is. A whole conglomeration is blackness and darkness. So here, we all live here, but we are not influenced from the same place. That is why... When you are a believer and you are here, don't be influenced by the group because you don't know what is influencing the group. Uh, are, we, are you still with me? Now, he says, and in here is, is little lights, a place now and then. That's Christian born again of light. You are a light that is set on a hill a candle that is set in the room and gives light to all the room. 
That's what a Christian is amongst darkness. You are supposed to shine where it's dark. Hallelujah. Now notice, the wicked or the unbeliever is influenced from beneath. So you've got people that are here that are influenced from here and from here. No wonder when they die, they drop down here. Are you with me? And actually, uh, if I had much time uh, and space later, I can do it when one one day we speak about it. I can actually bring the seven dimensions here. And you will see that the the first and the second and the third and the fourth, they, they touch this here. Do you get where I'm going? And the fifth one comes here. And the sixth one comes here. And the seventh one over there. Uh, Are you with me? Amen. Now, there is a trinity of hell like there is a trinity of heaven. Trinity means three. They are influenced by evil powers. The first thing when you start down, the first thing you find is a realm of the unsaved. When you die and you are not a believer, you go into this dimension. And we have spoken many a times, it's like being in a state of sleep paralysis. You, I don't know whether how many have ever experienced sleep paralysis. How many have ever experienced it? Some would call it a nightmare. Don't be ashamed if you have ever experienced it. You're, you're caught between, I've experienced it at some point in time where you see that there is fire spreading and coming towards where you are. And you try to kick the blankets. You scream at the top of your voice. Uh, but, but, but people that are in the room cannot hear you. Then you try to say, let me just go to sleep. But you are not sleeping. You are caught between consciousness and unconsciousness. Why? It is in the same state that you are in when you die without Christ. The reason being is because your time on earth is over. You cannot go into the presence of God because you are a sinner. You cannot come back on earth because your time is over. Then you fall into a bottomless pit. And Brother Branham went there when he was still a young boy, going down into the bottomless pit. And he says, women were there saying, oh, oh. And he says, they had a makeup there. They looked like cats. And he says, you just fall down. You don't hit the bottom. You just fall and fall until the day of judgment. Right now, there is no hell. There is what we call a prison house. And you, you understand why Satan has, Satan has looked at how God's economy works and he has tried to replicate that here. If we, if we arrest you today, if the police arrest you today, 
they don't send you to prison. That is why they can arrest you and you wear your own clothes because you are in a waiting cell. You are only going into prison when you have been to court and you have been sentenced. So God cannot send you to hell now because you have not appeared before the white throne judgment. Does it sink in, folks? Amen. But blessed is the bride because the judgment of the Lord begins in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. That's why you've got to be at a place where you are being told the truth that makes you uncomfortable because it's judgment being executed. And once you go through this judgment, there is no need to go at the second judgment. Are we still together? Now, you go here. Now, let's continue. Brother Branham says, that's where Jesus went and preached to the souls that were in prison, that repented not in this long suffering in the days of Noah. This is where, maybe while I'm at it, this is where... I disagree with the seven Adventists because they are of the view that once you die and we bury you, everything about you is in the grave. They do not believe that there is consciousness after death. And remember, most of them here, we showed them until another one screamed and said, why did God allow such thing to be in the Bible? Because right as we, the other time they were here, we were talking they were saying there is no consciousness, but we say, hang on. Samuel was a prophet. Samuel died. And the witch of Endo called Samuel back from the dead. And Samuel was able to prophesy again. Which means, what did it mean? Samuel was still had a prophetic ministry even post his death. Samuel remembered Saul even after death. Okay, in the New Testament, because some people say it's in the Old Testament, then you've got the rich guy uh, and as well as Lazarus. After they died, the rich man still remembered, I still have brethren down on earth. Which tells you that after death, you still remember everything that you have experienced. Science says, I don't know how many have ever had near-death experiences in the building. Uh, People that have had near-death experiences, they say in a split of seconds, your life flashes before you. In few split seconds, it flashes before you. That means... When time comes, when you are about to die, you remember everything. You remember the services, you remember the sermons, you remember the preachings, you remember your reaction towards those things. And if it was good, then we see you facing death and say, death, be not proud. But if you had and took it for granted, you scream at the top of your voice. 
How many people in the building have ever been in the same room as somebody that was dying? How many? I'll repeat. Believers normally when you ask them, they just look at you. (laughs) How many have ever been in the same room as somebody that was dying? Leave the hands in the air. Okay. And how many of you that have been there were in the same room with somebody that was a believer dying? Brother Philip has been in the same room when a believer was dying. Did that believer scream? What happened? Calmness. You hear? That means you, others, you have been in the same room with somebody that was dying that was not a believer. Your hands up. What happened, brother? He screamed. Is that that Loti? What happened? He just fell to sleep. Okay. The body screamed. The what? Brother uh, Van Rooyen? Struggling. You, you were, brother, what happened, brother Philip? When he was dying, like he was gripping something. And I wonder why was he gripping? Because when you are gripping, you are trying, you are trying to, to hold. How you, it's like he felt like he was falling. I'm not scaring you. (laughs) And I'm not saying you're going to believe the gospel because I'm scaring you. I'm just telling you the reality of the matter. I was in the same room with the man that was dying. I had rushed him to the hospital. He was my colleague. We got into the hospital, got into the emergency room, and he was lying on the bed. And I walked in. Uh... Then I asked him a question. How are you feeling? He said, I'm not okay. I said, but you will be fine because that's the best that I could say. Now, I was on his right-hand side and I stood there. The nurse came in. She was trying to insert the drip on the right-hand side and she was struggling to find the vein. And the, the more she struggled, I could see that he was in pain. Now, the nurse moved on the left-hand side and tried to insert the uh, drip, but he did not feel pain now. Then he said, I need water. Then the nurse looked at me and said, step out. Then I stepped outside. It was just divided by a curtain. I could feel that where they were trying to resuscitate him, 
he screamed at the top of his voice. Screamed, screamed. And within, in no time, it was total silence. And the nurse stepped aside and said, Mr. Madiba, we did the best that we could do. That remained with me. That if you die, what did he see? Why was he crying? It dawned on me that there is another world that we may not be aware of. And if you have lived right, you scream at the top of your voice. The one that the sister say, he, maybe he just uh, collapsed. Sometimes when they realize that it's time, they give you more medication. But I has got a, a name for it. And similarly, there's been, in recent time, a sister that was dying. She was with a family, and the family was in the kitchen. They heard her speaking. And they thought she must be having somebody in the living room. Then later, when they went to check on the sister, they found her collapsed on the couch. And when they checked, she had passed away. My question is, why was she just having a nice conversation and slipped off into another world? Surely, there are two worlds that either you are going to when you live here, based on how you have lived. Stay with me. Don't sleep on me. The greatest tragedy is to have been close to the truth but being yet too far. That when that moment comes, in your moment and when you are alone, you realize I had an opportunity but I thought I still had more days but here I am living the earth. And it comes here. Let, folks, you know, when you die, we're gonna we're gonna try the best way to comfort your family. That ah, but but he was in church the last Wednesday. She, she was in church, but that is not enough. We're just helping them to cope from day to day. You that has left know the reality of the matter of where you are going. And the gospel, there's a minister in America that was renowned in Texas. He just left a Christian. He, he, he's still a Christian, but he says his interpretation of Christianity has just changed. He has come to realize that everyone that dies is going to heaven. That's a candy religion. That's a candy religion. When you die, it depends on how you have lived. It determines your destination. And maybe young ones, they say, I still have a degree. I'm still going far. Hang on. Do you think those that died young, they were irresponsible? Amen. 
My intention is not to scare you. The first, Brahman says, when you go down here, it is the region of the lost, then it is the demons, then it is the devil. And when you go up here, it is the region of the blessed. And it is the region, is the angelic realm. And it is God. These and these have an influence on the people that are here. A believer is influenced from here. An unbeliever is influenced from here. If I could give and say, Brother Maliva, what is going to happen? I've seen Christians that have been baptized, came to church, and desired and had a label called a believer. But however, it does not mean that this world gives up on you. Folks, maybe you do not understand. When, When you are If somewhat the devil knows that something is not right in your life, stay with me. If the devil knows that something is not right in your life, what the devil would desire is for you to die and go to the region of the lost. I'll repeat. If there is something that is not right, the devil would want you to die and go to the region of the lost. If the devil has got to convince you to kill yourself, he will do that. What does it mean? It means when you are a believer, you are here, you cannot afford to sleep up. And why you cannot afford to sleep up? The only way that can make you to repel this world, you must walk wherever you are with an angelic atmosphere. What does it mean? It means things that you do must not offend angels. It means things that you do must attract angels. That means your conversations must attract angels. Your life must attract angels. When there is an angelic atmosphere around you, Satan cannot come because the angels of the Lord are encamped around those who fear his name. So what does it mean? It means that wherever a believer goes, there is an angelic hedge around them. As I'm speaking right now, right now, these two worlds are hyperactive in the church right now. To build this to destroy. To bring you closer to God, to take you away from God. And folks, We are living in a time where as believers we cannot be irresponsible. In your house, when you you disagree with your wife, 
You must know that there are other spectators. When you go to sleep and you are not talking to each other, you must know there is another world that either is rejoicing. Your children, when they grow up, there is another world that wants to victimize them. What does it mean? If you are a parent, you don't pray for your children, you are exposing them to danger. What does it mean? If you are a family, you don't have family prayers, you are exposing your family to danger. That means if you as a believer does not have a prayer life, you are exposing yourself to danger. Remember, Brahman said prayer is not just to utter words, it's to create atmosphere. The devil is not afraid of words, he is afraid of an atmosphere. What builds an atmosphere? Attitude. What builds an atmosphere? Your attitude towards the scripture and how you live according to the scripture, it creates an atmosphere. As a standard, anytime I come to speak to couples that disagree, there is one golden rule that I normally adhere to. I say, when was the last time you prayed together? I've asked many couples in this church. A lot of times, you find that there was no prayer. How can you be in a war with a gun that is not loaded with bullets? The devil is not going to come to you with a toy gun. He's going to come with a real gun. So you admit, make sure you've got a real gun. And not just a real gun, it's loaded. Jesus' gun was loaded when he met Satan and Satan said this, he said, it is written. It is written. It is written. And Brother Brennan say, on the same basis that Jesus defeated that enemy, you can defeat Satan. You can say, Satan, it is written. It is written. It is written. Then you and your family can overcome. Are you here, people? Demons. Brother Bram says, maybe if I read, I'm just going to wrap up. He says an epileptic demon is like a bat. He says, when I cast it out of the platform, there was one time it flew over the congregation and hovered around the congregation, then it left the building. He says, the most stubborn demon is epileptic demon. But in another message it comes, epileptic demon, remember, it is a, it is a how can I put it? Epilepsy is not a, a lifestyle. It's not a, it's, not a, it's not a lifestyle. It's not because you drink too much Coke, then you become epileptic. If you get, it's more genetic. Uh, are you with me? Or hereditary. Now, but he comes, he says, the most stubborn demon is that of a cigarette. 
and I think the devil has taken things to a high grade, is that one of Nyaope. Come on, believers, you are out there. Have you seen what Nyaope does? When they've got an appetite for it, they sell things in the house. If you don't know how difficult it is, wait until you have lived with, you have had somebody who is living with a nyaupi uh, addicted boy. These days, the other time I was driving somewhere, I saw a yeah, boy and a girl and they were sitting there and I could see that they were high. And I looked at the girl and I said, goodness, once you, once you, have, you lose your consciousness, you don't know what, hap- what next happens to you. But it's the world that we are living in. And I'm saying, if we are... How many know when you drive down the road and you see a signage that says, uh, a sign that says, high accident zone? How many, how many apply a slack down? Yeah, I mean, if you're normal, you've got to reduce the speed. Now, if you do that in the natural, this life is an extreme is an extreme spot. You don't know what can happen at any time, and you need to say the scriptural scriptural signs that are there. You need to adhere to them. When God says sixty kilometers per zone here, young person, don't go at one hundred and twenty kilometers. You will die. Uh, are you here? Those, if, if you don't adhere to road signs, what happens? You end up in an accident. There is a car wreckage. If you're a believer and you don't adhere to scriptural signs, you're going to have some wreckages. My heart has been on young people from Sunday and maybe I need to bring it again. Young people, they take things casually. They take things lightly. If a sign says, don't smoke next to a petrol tank, and you smoke, what do you expect? If the way it says, he who keeps company with fools is a fool. If you keep company with fools, what do you expect? If you sleep with a dog that has fleas, what do you expect? Bad company corrupts good morals. Brother Brum say, when you have bad company, you are out of the will of the Lord. Are you with me? And these things, we can look them in the, in, the, in the nature as well. So, in a nutshell, I wanted to say, there is a, a battle, and we are not wrestling against flesh and blood, but we are wrestling against principalities, powers of darkness, and this war is raging here. 
And when you go into a war, wrestling, you've got to be physically fit. There's a a, a certain weight that they expect when you participate in a wrestling. Wrestling is not for the lightweight if you have seen it. Because somebody just goes onto those um, ropes, jumps then, jumps onto you. And if you are a lightweight, you will die. If he comes and put his elbow on your throat and you are not fit, you will die. Similarly, we are in a spiritual wrestling. You've got to have a weight, you've got to have spiritual muscles that when the Satan jumps on you, you can push back. And what gives you spiritual muscles? The weight. And April a day keeps the doctor away. A spoken weight and a tape and a verse a day keeps the devil away. And folks, if even as a family, if you have certain, I mean, this day, why we what we call family is not a family; it's just people hanging out in the same house. Why I'm saying that? You'll bear with me. I normally see. People staying together, uh, but uh, struggling to have a picture together. They rely on pick, pick mix, but staying in the same house. In the picture, the man is in Derby. The woman is in Limpopo. The children are in Whitbank. And he's in one picture, they say happy family. Can't you just get together and have a picture together? I'm I'm seeing you I'm showing you how we can live so close to each other and yet be strangers. How we can live together and walk past each other. You know a family has got its own chemistry. If, if you are really a family, you can pick up the vibes when somebody has, not, has woken up on the wrong side of the bed. But if you're not a family, you can discover after a year that things were not right. There's a young girl that just committed suicide and the family was saying, but she was happy. I say, she was not happy. She put up a makeup and knew that the family has got no capacity to look beyond the makeup. And similarly, if we are the family of God, we must pick up when somebody is not right. Are we together? If you don't see somebody at church, pick up the call, phone them. How are you? Are you well? Brother Brenham in the message, lifting me out of history, he says we are living at a time where a real community life is running out into the shallow water. Meaning your neighbor, you only read about the newspaper that your neighbor has died. He says a real life, a family life is running into the shallow water. 
When you raise children, I think Brother Mpanyan and Brother Tipadi would know because they've got an engineering background and Brother what. What makes you to produce good results consistently is what we call routines. Any manager that knows that they need to deliver results, they say, what are the daily routines? Routines, it means when we come to work, what is the first thing that we do? During the day, what is it we are doing? In the afternoon, what do we need to do? So that if there are, if there are inefficiencies, they can be quickly flecked. And if there are no routines, that's why you end up having an employee that is working for a company and nobody knows where he is because there are no routines. If, excuse me. If a family has got no routines, a boy can be on drugs without the family knowing. I'm giving, let me give you an example. If the routine in the family is that every morning before we go to school, we all wake up, have a prayer for the family. Dad says, I want to see everybody, I pray for you. Is there a time where dad would not know that one has not gone to school? Because you would see when they are having a family and say, where is Johnny? Okay, let's say it's not in the morning. Let's say in the evening when we get together as a family, we have dinner together. If one child is not happy, you can pick it up around the dinner table. But today... We eat in tents. Mom visits the kitchen. Dads visit the kitchen after mom has been to the kitchen. After the, the parents are done, children are going to the kitchen. The table is just to occupy space in, to decorate the living room. But that's not how we grew up. In the evening, if there is a routine in the family... And we say at 8 o'clock every time we come around the table, we pray. And you are all around the table. You will be, even if a child is, is a believer and is, I know, I know, I've been in the message I told you on Sunday. When you are beginning to have mind battles as a boy and your family insists on prayer, you become a bit rebellious. When Sorry to expose Satan, but I'm not apologetic. When, if your child, even your husband, even your wife, when there's beginning to be something wrong in their life, or they are battling, I'm not saying they are living right, wrong, or they are battling a demon of some sort, and you say, it's time for prayer, they'll say, I'm already in the blankets. How? Oh, come out of the blankets. And when you instill, there is a level of aggression. I'm preaching tonight. I've got questions that I need to put before you. You that are married. As a, you know that when you are a husband, you are a high priest in your family. When was the last time as a high priest you prayed over your family? When was the last time as a high priest you interceded on behalf of your family? Maybe in closing, any man 
that has never prayed for his family has got no right that my wife is not respecting me. Your lack of prayer produces that in her life. I can go on and on and I can see you are on the edge of your seats. <laughs> but you know, these things are happening. Amen. Then we wonder why we are ambushed by another spirit world. is because we are negligent. When you are in the battle... You need to be in the highest state of alertness to hear slight movements, slight footsteps. And if you hear, see a bit of movement, you shoot. But if you've got no gun, your sense of hearing is not high nest. There's noise around where you are. You cannot be in a battle and put earphones you will be ambushed. You need to be in touch with the voice of the commander. And tonight we need to be in touch with the voice of the commander. And the voice of the commander came in the voice of Malachi 4 in the end time. If we do those things, folks, this is not an issue. Then we are influenced from above. Amen. Another pastor, people came to him and said, Hey, Muruti, you take time when you are preaching in church. He says, The mic keep you in church is the mic keep you out of trouble. As we stand to our feet, God bless you richly. Just say, be still and know that I'm God. Brother, what? You are helping them, no problem. No problem, no problem. Brother Dipadi will come to the fore and, and pray for us. Amen. Be
In your house, Lord, we are thankful for the service tonight, Lord. We say, Father, the way that you have brought Heavenly Father, Father, we are thankful that now you love us, you correct us, Heavenly Father, you warn us before time so that we can know what is happening, Heavenly Father. Mm -hmm. That's what, Heavenly Father, you are. You are, Heavenly Father, creating our lives, Heavenly Father. Nobody, Heavenly Father, can do this to us, but now, Heavenly Father, you even, Heavenly Father, depart, Heavenly Father, the heaven, Corridos, Father, mm. to come to earth and die for us, Heavenly yes. Father. You came and put on sin, Heavenly Father, in your life, Heavenly Father, for our sake, Heavenly Father. Father, if we can realize that, Father, then we, we appreciate tonight, Heavenly Father, to say, Father, Heavenly Father, you are with us, you lead us, Heavenly Father, you are our guide, you are our parent, Heavenly Father. Father, here are your children, Heavenly Father. Tonight they've come, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, they were under expectation. Indeed, you came, Heavenly Father, and talked to their hearts, Heavenly Father. Mm. May Heavenly Father, these souls, Heavenly Father, that tonight, Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father, they have, Heavenly Father, reached those blessings, Heavenly Father. Here is our pastor, Father. He has fed us with that weight, Father. Father, we pray for him. We say, Father, continue, Heavenly Father to reveal your word to him so that he can always, Heavenly Father, share the table with us, Heavenly Father, around yes. this way. Father, here are your yeah, uh, children, Father. Father, some they've come here, Heavenly Father, asking, Heavenly Father, even if they didn't put it, Heavenly Father, mm. to the church, Heavenly Father, but you are still God, the designer of the hearts, exactly. Heavenly Father. Father, you know what is the, the need of Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, we pray that thou shalt answer them, Heavenly Father. Bless us, Heavenly Father. Protect us, Heavenly Father, from this world, Heavenly Father. Mm. Heavenly Father, we commit our families to you, Heavenly yes. Father. We've got children, Heavenly Father, we pray for them. We say, Heavenly Father, continue, Heavenly Father, to bless them, guide them, Heavenly Father. Let them listen to us, the parents, Heavenly Father. Father, even as us as parents, we are listening to you, Jesus mm. Christ. Father, we thank you for everything. We thank you for these services. Be with us as we leave this place, Heavenly Father. Be with, with us on the way, Heavenly Father, in our families as we commit everything to you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. God bless you, Rishi. Amen. God bless you. Till we see you on Sunday. Uh, let's sing this song. Uh, uh, would like to sing some French songs. Would like to sing some French songs. Yes.
For example, the song that says, Be still and know that I'm God. There's a Zulu version of the verse. There can be a French version of the verse. Oh, there is. We want to see it and we want to sing it. Sorry to put you under spotlight. Amen. Because when you've got a French song leader, isn't it a good time to tap into song, French songs? Amen. So that we, we enjoy. Amen. So let's just sing maybe a worshiping song. Maybe let's say, just want us to live in a worshiping uh, mode. Mercy wrote my life, and thereafter you are dismissed. God bless you richly. the building mystery wrote our lives but mercy thank you Lord Jesus Thank you, Father. How many witnesses are in the building? How many lives have been rewritten in the Bible, in the, in the building? I've fallen my soul calm down. But there was a merciful intervention. All over the building. All the witnesses in the building. All the people that have experienced mess in the building. Let's worship him. It rewrote my life. I was a hopeless case. But mercy rewrote my life. I showed the man. But may see.